loves you. And Lord, we just thank you that we can take this time and be with you together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, we just, I just want to bless everyone that's here today. Most of all, Lord, we bless you. Don't we bless him? Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord. Thank you, God, that we can just feel you here with us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to see you all here today. What a difference a day makes, huh? Wow, that weather, isn't it great? <laughs> Things can change just like that. Things can change just like that in your life. Things can change just like that in our country. We have seen the turnaround, haven't we? Amen. Well, I, I just wanted to uh, share something with you that um, it's kind of for those that were here Wednesday night. It's for all of us. But I was looking for a scripture Wednesday night. I couldn't find it. And uh, it seems like it's continued on. Everywhere I go, I keep hearing. Um, yesterday, I was in a meeting with some people, and I keep hearing about people talk about families and family conflict. Huh, imagine that, huh? And um, just um, those that are close to us sometimes tend to want to, um, this lady I heard yesterday, she talked about how much uh, they just stressed her out and how she tried to find a way to uh, have an excuse to need to leave <laughs> as quickly as possible. And, um, and she talked about how she dealt with that. But Wednesday night, I I was trying, we were kind of talking about that, and we had a really great time Wednesday night, and I invite you to come back this Wednesday, but um, I was looking for this scripture, and, uh, but it, it's uh, whenever Jesus was getting get ready to be arrested, and Judas come up to him, and whenever he did, Jesus said to him, my beloved friend, and I thought, you know, that's the last thing we want to do sometimes when those that we know that just irritate the heck out of us and that we don't want to deal with. We don't, it's really hard to call them friends. And, um, but you know what? He knew that he was getting ready to do what he did. He betrayed him. And we maybe some of us have been betrayed by family. And, um, but he still called them friend. And, um, only with the Lord's grace can we do that. But, um, you know, that I was thinking about Brent Rose, and he talked about um, forgiveness without an apology. That was the ultimate forgiveness without an apology. Jesus forgave, even though he knew he was getting ready to go to the cross, and how that he so wants us to be able to do that. And without him, though, you can't do that. Because it's not in us to forgive those <laughs> that do us wrong. Because most of the time, even when we do have Jesus, <laughs> for, we want to get him back. <laughs> so I, I just pray that the Lord will uh, just let us be able to call those friends that we that that want to oppose us. And um, our God wants to bring restoration, and he is bringing restoration to our families. And um, my brother in love is on the front row, and I love him. And, you know, 
I was married to Mariah's dad, and I haven't been married to him for a long time, but yet God has restored a relationship, and Kenny hangs out with us, and we do all kinds of stuff together, and we're going to celebrate his birthday tonight, 65. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> he may never come back, so i got to do all this. But I'm just saying, I just bring it up because, you know, God, you think God can't restore and do things. I'm telling you, God can turn things around. I love him. Like, he, I mean, he's our family. He's my family. And he has stepped in and done for Mariah, and he's been like a dad to her. And, you know, I... God can move and do things. So I just speak that to you that, and we haven't ever had any conflict, but I mean, I'm just saying sometimes we, we just, we give up, you know, but God. So I, I just wanted to say that today to encourage you. If you think that things look ho hopeless in your family, God can do things and turn things around. And he wants to, um, he wants that for us here. He wants that for us here. We don't have to wait till we die to experience all the goodness of the Lord. It's here for us here today. So I, I just wanted to share that with you and just bless you all. I'm so glad that you all are here today. And um, my dad's going to come now, and he has some things that he wants to share. And we're going to continue on with the service Amen. I'm glad you're here. Isn't God good? And Bugsy's here. Now, all you guests, we're blessed to have you with us today. We're glad you're here. We're going to celebrate some more about things going on in our country. But I, I believe first, I want to talk about the offerings and what. You know why we take the offerings? Well, we need money, but I mean, I want to show you some scripture. I want to do a teaching about giving this morning. Listen, I've been to church when uh, I felt manipulated. I want you to do, I want you to obey God. But let's see what the Word of God says. Look at... Uh, She's got a scripture, Leviticus 27.30. Thus all the tithe of the land, of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. The first portion, you know, they had crops then. Most people give money now instead of a portion of your field or something. But it, it's, it's always the first. Say the first. The tithe is first. Thank you, both of you. <laughs> Come on now. We're just going to take one offering. Uh, Joshua 6.17. Put that scripture up. You know, when the children of Israel finally got out of the wilderness, crossed into the promised land, The manna ceased, and God says, okay, I want you to go take this city. 
And he said, the city shall be under the ban. It and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab, the harlot, and all who are with her in the house shall live because she hid the messengers we sent. In six years, they took, I believe it was, took over 31, captured 31 kings, captured numerous cities, but the first city, they said everything in it belongs to the Lord. You know why? God always gets the first fruits. The first fruits. They got the other 30 cities, cattle, money, whatever they could find. But you remember Achan? He took something in that first city and hid it. And it cost him and his whole family their lives. The first belongs to the Lord. It just belongs to the Lord. He said, you can have these next 30 cities you're going to conquer. You can have everything in them, but the first belongs to me. That's what the Lord says. Now, you know Malachi 3.8. Let's look at it. Now, don't shout me down over this now. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. And listen, I know you are givers. This church is giving because we have never had a need that wasn't met. We've never had a bill that wasn't paid. We never have. He says, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. And you're cursed with a curse. So you're cursed if you're taking God's money. It's his money. You're robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. I'm still waiting for somebody to say, stop the windows. Now, verse 11. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground. Nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord. What or who is the devourer? Why is that verse in there? Let me tell you, the devourer is not Satan. There is a built-in principle in the economics of God. And he says, I'll rebuke that. See, there, there are good people that serve the Lord, and yet they feel like there's... It's the 26th, and we can't wait till the first of the month for the money to come in. It's like... <clears throat> There's just a hole in your pocket. If you're not a giver, God eventually uses circumstances and things and He will get the money to somebody that will give. It always gets to God some way. It's His. He'll use a circumstance. There'll be something happen. The devourer steps in. 
if you're not a tither. I had a friend years ago, and he had money, large money coming, and he said he would tithe. But he didn't. Listen, God wants to bless His people. Can you agree with that? Do you not believe that? Read, uh, read Deuteronomy 28, 29, those chapters. It says, if you do this, I'll bless you. He'll bless you. God has such a plan that He gave instructions of how not to get in a jam, whether it's physically, financially, spiritually, family, or whatever. He says, just obey my word. Now this shouldn't seem hard in here. Amen? Debbie's a giver. There's a lot of givers in here. Most of you are. But I'm telling you, God's wanting to do more. We give as a church. We give. That's, that's part of it. We give to ministries. We give to, to needs. That's, God is a giver. Did He not give His best? He gave His only God. Listen, it cost Him more. But when we get to thinking something's ours, we're letting it control us. See, we let money make the decisions and yet we say, <clears throat> I'm led by the Spirit of God. But sometimes you let the money make the decision. I'm telling you, you need to let your money work for you when you sow it into the kingdom. He just asked for the first fruits. That's all he asked for. And He gives you His Spirit to lead you and guide you. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. And you'll not be the head. You'll be the tail if your money's in a mess. That, I should get some amens on this. Listen, Dixie and I have walked in this a long time. He is faithful. I've had big loans. But I, we've never had one that we didn't pay. He's faithful. He knows more about your business than you know. He knows more about your job than you know. He wants to promote you. He wants nothing but good things for you. Let's just stand. Ushers was coming. Let's do a march offering. We need to liberate this place a little bit this morning. Lord, we just bless you and honor you. Lord, I speak a blessing over this offering. Lord, it's your offering. And, and we are sowing into your kingdom. It's your money. We just bless you. Lord, we haven't had anyone here that didn't have a job because of your goodness. We have never had a debt in this church. For over 30 years, we've never had a debt and everything's paid for because of your goodness. Come on, God's worthy of praise and honor. It's His desire to get you out of debt, that you be the, 
lender, not the borrower. But you're going to have to give your way out of it. In Jesus' name, I speak blessings over this offering now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just set them up here. Come on, just bring your offerings this morning. Then come greet someone you haven't greeted. Amen. What are you going to do Tuesday? Are you going to vote? Yeah, we got to go vote Tuesday. We've got the Osage County vote records out there. So uh, I know there's, if you're like us, your mailbox has been full of solicitations for votes, so we need to vote. Ascension Church does not recommend any candidates. But if you want to know who I recommend, <laughs> I have the right to say that. And there's a few marked lists out there if you want one. They're not from the church, they're from me. And there's some blank ones, and you can figure out the corporation commissioner and all of them. So there's a lot of names on there you haven't heard about. 
But we need godly people elected in our state. We need to believe for more of a turnaround. I praise God for the turnaround we had in this Roe versus Wade. Come on. Come on. That's worthy of a big praise. Do you know who Marjorie Dan Felser is? I'll read you some stuff about her. But she is the one that really got in Trump's face and talked to him about picking the right people for the Supreme Court. Don't think one person, I'm sure it wasn't just her, but I'm just reminded one person makes a difference. One vote makes a difference. Isn't that something? The woman who brought down Roe versus Wade wants to abolish abortion now in California. Perhaps more than any other woman, Marjorie Dan Felser is responsible for the fall of Roe versus Wade. She's the president of the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America nonprofit group that works to end abortion in the United States by electing anti-abortion politicians. She has dedicated her adult life to outlawing abortion. In 2016, she played a key role in getting President Trump to commit to appoint United States Court Justice who oppose abortion. Listen, there were some prophetic signs of this coming down. Dixie and I <clears throat> went to Tahlequah Wednesday and met with uh, Garland Thomas and his church with uh, John Hamill and his wife were there speaking. And John told this story. He said, and I don't remember the exact date on it, Rebecca Greenwood, who is a, a, a noted minister of the Lord, was there to preach in a church in Washington, D.C. And John said he told her before, he said, I, I can see God's really going to do some things tonight. And he said, as she preached, said the glory of the Lord just came in that place. And somewhere in that she saw and John Hamill saw. I don't, uh, he didn't say whether everybody did or what. You talk about a prophetic sign. An angel of the Lord blowing a trumpet in Washington, D.C. He said he knew it was a prophetic sign that Roe versus Wade was coming down. I'm telling you, God's on the move. If he can do that, and Angie talked about family things, God can, he can do it. Lord, you're just so good. Garland Thomas, in that meeting, as John told that, and see, Roe versus Wade started in 1973. 49 years. So we've, we've got a real jubilee, a 50-year thing. But Garland Thomas is a pastor. His dad was a pastor before him. He said, you know what? I, I got a vision when you were talking about this. He said, I see the curse that we pastors 
have been under for the last 49 years of working under that curse that was over the land because of the blood spilt. See, the devil always wants blood. That's why the abortion is such a big thing. It's blood. It's a sacrifice. I told down there, I said one of the biggest, one thing I really remember, and this had to happen in the early 90s, a man who went to the First Baptist Church, we were just kind of acquaintances. He was probably in his 30s. He came and asked me if I'd help him. He'd paid for an abortion. He'd got his high school sweetheart pregnant. And he paid for the abortion. And he said, you know, that still torments me because she could never get pregnant after that. After They didn't marry. She married someone else. And they both went on with their lives. But he said, I know those people don't have any grandkids because of me. And it was really heavy on him. So... We've prayed for a lot of ladies that have had an abortion. Listen, there's forgiveness and cleansing from all sides of it. I told Garland that, and he announced it publicly down there. And the most least likely man there came up to me afterwards and said, you know, I was thinking about that because he said, when I was a young man, a lady, girl I knew came she lived at Oshalade and wanted to borrow $100 for me to go to Texas. And then later I found out she went for abortion and it's always bothered me. But he said, I got forgiveness of that tonight. So whatever it is, there's forgiveness when we repent and turn to God. Listen, we've got to deal with the real issues. Jesus Christ put it all on the line, did He not? He didn't say, well... You know, I think I might let you nail one hand to the cross for a little while. No, I mean, he ended. He gave it all. Lord, you're just so good. I read this scripture a few weeks ago. Here's another Malachi scripture. Malachi 4. I'm going to read verses 5 and 6. Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to the children, hearts of the children to their fathers, so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. I'm telling you, God is in the families. I started a few weeks ago, and I've... As I've preached, I just realized I've just kept getting more into this. It wasn't always my schedule or plan. I know the Lord has just kept leading me in that direction. And our God is such a, a provider. And He wants us to walk in Him and abide in Him and live and move in Him and look to Him for all things. And you can read it in Philippians 4.19, My God will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. Put up uh, that scripture in uh, Psalms, the first Psalms. <clears throat> Verse 3. 
See, it talks about the person who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. There's some people you just probably have to get away from. But if you'll start talking about Jesus, you don't have to worry about getting away from them. You, where'd they go? Do not sit in the seat of scorners. You know, you can listen to people and you just say, will they ever say something positive? No, they don't. You just need to get away from them. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. That law means instruction. We delight in godly instruction. In his instruction, he meditates day and night. Now listen, you will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so. They're like chaff which the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Don't you want to be like that tree planted just close to the creek there where there's always water and its roots are down so far? Have you ever pulled up a tree? You know, you can pull up some little bitty ones, but if they're very big at all, you can't just pull them up. You may break them off, but you won't pull them up. And those roots, our roots have got to go down. We've got to get where nothing shakes us. And I've told you, I'd hear my mentor preach about money and finances, and I'd say, I've got it. I'll not doubt again. And I didn't, James, and sell my check till I balanced my checkbook. And have fear of just want to move in on you. Whether it's about your family, your finances, whatever it is, we've got to be rooted and grounded in Christ. It's not in your New Year's resolutions. It's not in those things. It's believing that He is who He is who he says he is, and he'll do what he's promised. He is faithful. He is faithful. He hadn't always done it when I thought he should have. But he's always faithful. He is faithful. Even when I was not faithful, he was faithful. Lord, I want to be with that planted like that oak tree there. In that meeting Friday night, Jolene Hamill started it out, and she said, I want to pray an ascension blessing over everyone. I decree that we're arising, we're ascending in Jesus' name. The cloud's been removed over this country. Oh, I tell you, the Prime Minister of Canada, he thinks that's terrible. I'm telling you, the lines are drawn, aren't they? But God's on the move. He's going to deal with other things. Lord, we just bless you and thank you. I want to tell you something about John and Jolene Hamill. They live in the Washington, D.C. area, and they've, they're, they're full-time ministers. 
And they began praying for the country, and they began doing this and that, and word got around that they were getting some breakthroughs. And Lou Engel, who's got a national ministry and voice, came to him and said, this needs to go nationally. We need to make a national movement out. They were calling it Turnaround Tuesday. They were praying every Tuesday for the country. John said, well, that's good. We'll do that. The Lord said, not yet. He said, you've got to get a turnaround in your family first. It starts in our families. It starts with us. It starts in our families. Come on, help me now. John had a grown son and daughter. He said, when he told me that, I really, I had more faith to believe for the nation turning than I did for my son turning. Listen, we've, we've been through some things. I've been away from the Lord. I'm sure my dad and Dixie prayed me back. I remember us praying for Angie when she wasn't where the Lord wanted her. I remember she, she's never told me to go to hell. But we were talking one day and she'd kind of come back. And I said, you need to go for deliverance. She didn't say it, but the look I got said that. But then later she went. I mean, come on, we've all had a bite of that apple that was wrong. And if you hadn't come up here, I won't give you the mic. I'll tell you, you're the first to repent because I don't think you're telling the truth. But John's son in high school picked out the girl he thought he would marry and then they went off to a Christian college university and he was studying to be a minister and somewhere in that process I don't know what year up there they told him this that Bible's not inspired by God. It's just notes that men have put together. They come against the kingdom of God and Jesus being all He says He is. He began to just hang out with the college peers. He began to party, which He hadn't done. I think the girls stayed true to God, but they divided up in college. After college, he just got in business and he was just out there. That's why John said he had more faith the country could turn than his son would. But when he was confronted by that, now you're going to get your family turned first. They said, okay, we'll set aside every Tuesday just to pray for the family. They went for a full year. He didn't hear from him until Christmas. He said, uh, he called and said, well, I'd like to come home for Christmas. He said, fine, come on. We're going down to your grandpa's, my dad's, in Florida. We'll all celebrate together. He said, Christmas morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, he knocks on my door. Dad, are you awake? 
He said, he's 20-some years old. I know it's not asking if we can go open the Christmas presents. He said, yeah, I'm awake. He said, I want to talk to you. And he come in and he said, uh, I've come home. He said, I'm really glad you're here, son. He said, no, I've come home. I, well, I'm, I'm glad. Dad, Jesus Christ came in my room last night. He told me about my ministry, what it was going to be. I'm home. Turn around Tuesday. He said his daughter was a mess. After high school, she said, now this is what I'm going to do. Pray for me, I'm going to join the Air Force. She said, no, pray for the Air Force, I'm going to join them. <laughs> she just, you know, had one of those attitudes. She did. She ended up serving somewhere in Germany. She meets a guy in the military, an American, and he said he was a nerd. He said he is a great man. They've married. They've presented him with their first grandchild. He said they are doing so good serving the Lord. God can turn it around. Kyle, he can turn it around. He can turn it around. Whatever it is, family, business, wrong relationships, he is the healer. He's the fixer. He is not us. We sang about it. His name is healing. His name is. I am. What he told Abraham. He told Moses that. I am. I am. What do you need? Let me tell you. We need the great I am. We need to be led by his spirit. We need to be so full of Jesus. Think about the cross. Think about what it cost Jesus. It cost him more than 10%, didn't it? God, you're so good. So, that ministry is, has went on. Let me show you a couple of verses here. Isaiah 49, 25. The Lord gave him this verse. Surely thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty man will take it away and the prey of the tyrant will be rescued. This last part of it. For I will contend with the one who contends with you and I will save your sons and I'll save daughters also. I'll contend with the one who contends with you. Still, I think about your grandkids amen I contend with those who contend with you listen God fights our battles if we'll let him but we stop him I don't know if it's his will listen it's his will that they all be saved that's a settled issue and our unbelief stops us from so many things. 
we just don't want to step into a situation and say, God, I'm going to believe you to do this. I'll do in it whatever you show me, but you've got to show me what to do. I'm believing in the finished work of Jesus Christ. The disciples asked Jesus, how do we work the works of God? What did he say? Believe on him whom the Father has sent. So we're believing on Jesus to perfect these things. Psalms uh, 57, 2. I'll cry out to God, the Lord Most High, who accomplishes all things for me. I'm glad I have a God that's on vacation. You know, when... prophet told the false prophets of Baal, maybe your God's on a vacation. Cry a little louder. Our God doesn't take vacations. I will contend with those who contend with you. I'll save your sons. In Daniel 7, 21 and 22 is another scripture that they, um, they used. And this was Daniel was reviewing, remembering his dream he'd had. He said, I kept looking, and that horn was waging war with the saints and overpowering them. Listen, there is a battle over the saints, over your life. He was overpowering them until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one. And the time arrives when the saints took possession of the kingdom. Listen, we had that happen last week. The Ancient of Days came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one. Roe versus Wade fell. There's people like them and others, and we've prayed. We have a Friday morning prayer meeting here. There are people over the country that are praying for these walls to come down, these false gods to come down, this wrong governments to come down, these that are promoting their agenda, agendas instead of godly agendas. We need to believe for that. You're wondering about your lost family. Scripture says the God of this world has got their eyes blinded. You've got to pray that off of them. You've got to believe. You've got to get before God. Like, who, me? Yes, all of us. We're called to do that. That's part of everyone's ministry. To believe it and do it. To liberate the captives that are set free. Lord, I thank you that judgment was passed in favor of the saints. The time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. See, we're gaining more in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of darkness is being pushed down back every time a person gives their life to Jesus. Every time a backslider gets right with God. The kingdom of God is pushed back. The kingdom of darkness, excuse me. Is pushed back. The kingdom of God is enlarged. We know the kingdom of God, the government of God, rests upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ. 
And Lord, we can rest in your victories. But what about our families and homes? Where does it start? We can say we want all of God, but yet we say we're too busy to do it. So it means we don't really want all of God. You get what you pursue. You, you get that. But why don't you just start with your family? Why don't you, Dad, get everybody together at breakfast or supper, dinner, whatever you call it, whenever you can get them all together. And don't leave Junior in the bedroom watching TV and Susie on the phone. Get them all together. You've got a right to do that. Just pray. Just pray. Dad, pray over the meal. And I understand it's cute to hear the little one pray that's just learning. But sometimes that's an escape. And God wants men to declare the kingdom of God. Just start with a blessing over your meal, over your family. I mean, that's where we all start. Didn't we all start with, now lay me down to sleep? You start somewhere. Bugsy probably didn't. She probably is always tore down strongholds. But we, we've got to start where, wherever it's at with families. Family get-togethers. Pray over them. I got to pray over a family. I hadn't saw that many of us together in a long time. But there are just so many things. Do you read the devotion this morning, the one the church puts out? says, Lord, your word is settled in heaven. The word of God stands forever. In another Isaiah 48, the word of God stands forever. You know what? Jesus is more interested in getting heaven into you than he is getting you into heaven. He's interested in enlarging his kingdom in you. That's what life's about. I mean, when we get saved, He didn't just zap, take us to heaven. He leaves us here to try to grow us up so we can help bring others into the kingdom. And He's doing it. And you're gaining on it. I know you are. I see it in you. I see you doing it. The kingdom of God is being enlarged. I want to be like Joshua. As for me and my house... We're going to serve the Lord. What about that? Why not you? Why not now? We can say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Our confession is, we need to have a good confession. And I believe in a right confession. But commitment's really more important. What you really say, okay, Lord, I'm going to start doing this. I don't know what it is you need to do. I'm not telling you. You just start wherever. Let God ask. God show us. Maybe it's to stop doing something. Maybe it's to start adding to your schedule. But don't you want all Jesus has for you? Don't you want to hear him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome you in. Can you see him welcome you in heaven someday? He will. There's a crown of righteousness laid up for you. A lot of you've got, 
You've got a lot of rewards. You've got rewards for your giving. Your money's helped other people. You've led people to the Lord. You've witnessed people. You've helped people. There's rewards for those things. We ought to be the most joyous people there is. We ought to be shouting more even over Roe versus Wade. We're not making near as much noise as the protesters that got defeated in it. We want more of God, but He's wanting a little more of it to bubble up out of us. Come on, let's just stand. Somebody give Him praise. Somebody give Him honor. His name's Jesus. I just ask you today, just obey the Lord. Whatever He's calling you to do, just do it. If you'll come and say, I know this is what God wants me to do, I'm going to start doing it. One man told me before church something he'd start doing. He'd help us with the kids. What about your commitment? Where are you at in this? Come on. Just praise him. Let him hear you say his name. Just say Jesus. You can start the music. We just bless you, Lord. That's my word for the day. Now what are you going to do with it? Let's, be, let's just obey the word. Blessed be the name of the Lord. His name's Jesus. He's the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. He went to the cross not to pay for your sin. He went to pay for the sins of all humanity. He loves you. He loves you. He's got a plan, a purpose for you. Altars are open. Pray for the church. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. Why not you have a turnaround today? Turnaround Sunday. Praise God for men who will come and pray. Praise God for women who will come and pray.
is I'm going to ask for healing. God, you're good. Somebody give him praise. Lord, we're just here to celebrate all you've done. Lord, you've saved us. You've filled us with your spirit. You've given us opportunities to minister for you. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, if we allowed God to do what he wants to do. Just don't miss Wednesday night. Bugsy was part of our church for a long time. You can greet the folks and pray for us as we go, would you? Yes. I'm, I'm really glad I came today. I was invited to another church, but the Lord, I, I just am. Everything that was here today was exactly what I needed. It was about the home, 
the family and them coming home. And I would like for y'all to pray for me. I, you know, I've been praying for my granddaughter for a long time, and she came home last night. So I'm, Amen. I just praise Jesus. <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you something. It's hard. It's hard when they come home. She's got a dog, and her attitude is just, you know. But I just, when she was little and we worked here at the church and we cleaned, mm-hmm. she was four or five, and she'd be up here while we were cleaning, Larry and I, and she'd walk that stage and just preaching and preaching and preaching, and I'd be back there, and she'd say, isn't that right, Grandma? And then she'd act like Pastor Gerald was sitting here. Pastor Gerald, isn't that right? And she's home today, but I'm going to tell you something. It's really hard because they come home with that. They come home with that attitude and that worldly attitude, and honestly, she stinks, and you know, I mean, it's just that smell. And I was thinking about the Lord this morning when I was coming and how he did, did the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. I want to be so much like that. But last night it was just really hard, all the chaos that comes with her. And But this morning when I got up, I went in and checked on her because I didn't really know if she was going to still be there. And sure enough, she was. And she, I couldn't hardly find her. She's so tiny. And I, anyway, I found her, and I looked at her, and I just thought, Lord, thank you, thank you. Yeah. It's hard, but you're going to see me through it and help me to have the grace for her because of the attitude she has and the lifestyle she was leading. But I keep saying, Lord, we're in the world, but we're not of it. She's in the world, but she's not of it. Yeah, so I thought about the term, but everything y'all said was everything I needed you know, and Angie talking about family, and you know, and last night I just got so I said, "Oh, I said, Brian, I, was, I just said, we have neighbors, you know, we're not like in the country no more. <laughs> I'm Beverly Hills in the city, is what I am." And I said, "I said we have neighbors right there. You can't just be loud." And she got mad at me, and she stormed me. She said, "Well, I just don't know if I can do this." And I said, "Well." You know, you can always go back out there. I just don't know either. And and I thought, Lord, help me with my attitude toward her. You know, sometimes it is easier to just say, you know, not deal with it, not deal with it. Unconditional love. Yeah. And then I thought, but then, this, and then I was reminded of persistent prayer. <clears throat> you know, but, and then the Lord showed me me. Uh-oh. You <laughs> know. <laughs> it's about me too. <laughs> it's about me too, having the right spirit, you know, and loving her no matter what. And even though you want to just slap them and uh, shove her out the door and you don't want that, and you know, you're thinking, oh, Lord Jesus, all this chaos. But anyway, <laughs> he's going to see me through it. I'm so glad she's home, even though it's kind of hard to deal with that stuff. But I know I can do it. What matters is she's home. That's right. And God's got a plan. And I said, I'm going to church. I don't know what's going to happen while I'm at church. But, Lord, you'll contend with the things that contend with That's me. Right. 
So everything, everything <laughs> I needed was here. So I just praise Jesus. I do. I praise him for her because I've been standing for so long. And I know she's going to be doing things. And you know what? Uh, another thing about the abortion. I've shared this before. And, you know, at that time, her mom thought about having an abortion with her. But I will tell you something about that story. She, I wasn't going to sign. And I thought, I'm not going to sign. But that day, I went ahead and went with her. And on the way to Tulsa, she was ready to go do it. And, but we could not find that building. We could not find that building. And I promise you, we looked. And, you know, but we couldn't, we couldn't find the place here in Tulsa. So I know my granddaughter's got a call in her life. And I know the enemy's been after her for a very long time, but I will tell you this. There's something about that girl that is is going to uh, touch so many people. She'd be just as tenacious on the other side. Oh, yeah. And that she is. Yeah, she's just going to be so on fire, I believe. Uh, I think it was uh, 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 Johnny Enlow or one of them was talking about the, the generation that's coming in. They're going to be so on fire. You know, they're not going to be like us, just wondering, you know, like I am sometimes, but they're just going to be on fire and going, you know, and they, she's been out there. She's been out there, and I've met so many of her friends. And I w and yesterday, I, I I was just, I went to get her yesterday, and, and I was just crying, and I was hot, my air conditioner wasn't working, and, and I had to follow her here and follow her here. That's brilliant. It's like chasing her. A, or like a lost stray dog. And anyway, we, so we went to this house and she was with this guy and he would put her his car, her clothes in there. But I'm gonna tell you something. I was sitting there and I thought, oh, just another wild chase, you know, and he got out and he's talking to me. And I really do believe I was sitting at the Lord's feet. He ministered to me. This guy who's been on the street yeah. ministered yeah. to me, I was crying. Okay. And he said, you know, you hang on, Grandma, you hang on. He said, God's going to, he hears your prayers, and he, he's going to do what you ask him to do. He said, I know I'm not nobody. He said, but I just want to tell you that. And it was Amen. a guy that was on the streets with her. Amen. <laughs> Lord, we thank you. You're going to take care of Bugsy. You're going to take care of this granddaughter. And Lord, I, I bless everyone that's here today. I thank you that you meet every need according to your riches in glory. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.